Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mum, I want a G1. <laughs> I hate we've, you. We've got a G1 at home. That was my joke. I wrote it down. Oh, no. You got there first by virtue of being host. <laughs> Apologies. I am Luke Owen, D-A-D. I'm joined by the Professor of the Truth, your jam that champion, though disrespectfully still does not have the belt on his shoulder. Dan Layton. Oh, I, I actually don't think it's here, bud. What? Oh, it's over there. This is how much he disrespects that belt. And welcome to the Rest Talk podcast review of AEW Collision. Please do press the subscribe button and give us a little thumbs up to help us in the algorithm. Leave a comment down below if you're watching this on demand. If you're watching live, get in your chats over there. Join the conversation. Join the SWAF Nation. Get in your thoughts to Collision. But if you want your thoughts read out in the air or any of your questions answered, resttalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of your stark remarks, your no-maker chats before the end of the show all the ones above the five us dollar amount we've had a, we've had omega on collision now so no omega officially cannot i count. think stark remarks stark like we remarks, can't, can't yeah. do cmdms anymore because he's well i mean obviously <laughs> we never should have apart from the fact that he's the devil of course he's the devil but he's also appearing at war games yeah he, oh he's doing both he's doing all of it yeah he is going to be at full gear next week yeah revealed as the devil yeah then the week after that is going to be on uh, Team Rhodes. Yeah, almost certainly. Survivor Series. Yeah, and, and at the same time, we'll pull double duty by being Shinsuke Nakamura's uh, opponent. Uh, and then we'll show up in Impact. And then he's in the post-credit scenes of the Marvels. <laughs> he's everywhere. God, they're getting desperate, the MCU, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. But anyway, let's get into uh, this episode of Collision, which featured, uh, I would say... Probably the biggest bit of news coming out of this show. Yeah. Good show, I thought. Like yep. up and down the card. Very, very good wrestling. Every match designed to progress either matches that are going to be happening on Dynamite or matches that are going to be happening at the pay-per-view. So thumbs up in that remarks. Mm-hmm. Um, in that regards, rather. But the biggest news coming out of the show is this segment where Tony Khan and Brian Danielson, who had a, a big bandage over <laughs> his eye, which we'll talk about, announcing Tickets are going on sale for all in. Yeah, you know, on the on the first of December. Yeah, huge. Yeah. Well, you could, the huge announcement once you can sign up for pre-sale. 
on that all yeah, already. Which yeah. is a massive announcement. Massive. Definitely worth the TV time dedicated oh, to it and the social and, media yeah, buzz that came before it. Yeah. yeah. Check out our episode we did on that where we talked about the boy who cried wolf. Uh, and the other announcement, I think the much more bigger announcement, isn't that Brian Danielson will be at All In 2024, along with basically saying Jamie Hayter and Pac will also mm-hmm. be there. They are doing the Continental Classic, mm-hmm. their own version of the G1. Yeah. It's a two-block round-robin tournament. At least, I mean, I'm going to assume it's a two-block mm. thing, because they said that the finals are going to take place at World's End. But for the next, like, six weeks, every show, like, every week is going to have two matches. A matches on Dynamite, matches on Collision, matches on Rampage and, and such. Yeah. But we are getting this G1 Round robin tournament with twelve of the uh, twelve of the best competitors in AEW. Danielson is the only person announced for it thus far. Yeah, the uh, the Observer. This I just was. I wanted to check the rules before we went on just to make sure if anything had been mm-hmm. announced officially. But really, all we've got is is what was said on Collision, which is yes, twelve man round robin tournament. Uh, twelve wrestlers divided into two groups of six, um, and the tournament starts on the twenty second of November edition of Dynamite. So you did say it was two groups of six. Two groups of six. Perfect. Tournament matches take place across all three of AEW's shows. Where to get people to try and watch Rampage. Decent shout. Um, starting on November 22nd. League finals take place on December 27th, uh, two days before my birthday. And then the tournament finals will take place on World's End, which is December 30th, the, 30th. the day after my birthday. So uh, that's all in the Observer, by the way. The stuff yeah. about my, my birthday's all there. Um, so yeah, uh, very interesting. Very interesting. I love... The G1. Yeah. I love a round robin tournament. Mm -hmm. We uh, actually had our own version of the G1 in the office uh, last year playing the game Speedrunners, which we called the G Run. Nice. Um, And we, you know, organized that as a big round robin tournament to crown an eventual winner. Mm. Uh, And we've seen in the past, boy, howdy, AEW sure loves its tournaments. Oh, uh, big, big time. In fact, just announced a tournament for the ROH TV title. So, because of course, that's why Samoa Joe vacated it so they could do another tournament. Oh, don't um, get me started on that. But the idea of doing the G1, I think, is fascinating. I think if I if I was to be sort of glib about this as to you know, hey, why why are they doing this? I think it's because Danielson just wants to do it. Yeah, this this is a like this this tournament, much in the same way that the New Japan strong women's championship was a belt that was made for mercedes monet to mm-hmm. win this continental classic is a g1 tournament designed for brian danielson so he can wrestle a g1 tournament and win a g1 tournament yeah it's interesting because like uh first of all boy who cried wolf this one is probably the, the biggest announcement they've made uh since announcing all in by virtue of it being an announcement really um, as opposed to all the other ones, which were just, hey, I've got a microphone in my hand, I've got something to say. Um, then when it was specifically Danielson saying, you know, I've I've always wanted to compete in a tournament like this, everyone is able to read between those lines. That's where the, I'm sure that I, I'm not even the only one in the room to come up with the mum, I want G1 joke. I'm sure everyone has made it over the weekend. Um, that element of it was kind of interesting in terms of, yeah, reading between the lines. I don't know though. It's exciting. I, I've been talking about wanting a G1 for the women's yeah. division in in WWE. Um, it's interesting that they had Eddie Kingston go in to the G1 this, this year. year. Um, was Moxie signed to, w, to AEW when he went into the G1 that time? Uh, not by that because he left in twenty eighteen. Mm. 
Oh, t- at the start of 2019, maybe he 2019, double nothing 2019. So he would have been he'd have been signed then, by right? That point. So kind of, so they've got they've and obviously they've got the working relationship with NJPW. So like, it's it's interesting that rather than allowing Danielson to go off there, I think probably more likely because it's his final year, they want to try their best to get everything they can out of him, and so using his star power and the fact that he's never been in the G1. Mm-hmm. Am I right in that he's never been never, never been done in the G1? G1 no. Even even pre WWE. Um, the idea of him in that kind of tournament on home soil. It is really funny that they had him mummified. Like, objectively, it's very funny. I know, like, orbital bone, I don't actually know the, the medical uh, nuances of how long it takes for recovery, what you are and aren't able to do with recovery. I know Undertaker wrestled with the Phantom of the Opera mask. I know footballers who are going around with the, the mask on as well. Um, so, like, I'm sure... Well, I want to say I'm sure they wouldn't do this if he wasn't going to be medically okay. It's just that this is a lot sooner than I was expecting. I think it was a lot sooner than they were expecting. It's yeah. like Tony Khan even says, like, against all odds, yeah. like Danielson is going to be within this tournament. Yeah. I wonder if he's not in, like, the first few weeks. Mm. So the tournament starts, but he's not going to have his first match in for, that yeah. tournament for, like, you know, a couple more weeks. You so know, you like- can build up to the danielson time in this because it is like doing a g1 is is a very interesting concept so the way if you haven't seen the g1 here's how it works you've got two blocks six wrestlers in each block and each of those wrestlers wrestles each other Mm -hmm. once and the idea being then you accrue points you get the points for winning you get points for this and the other time limit draws and stuff and then the winners of those two blocks will then face each other at the G1 Climax. That is your eventual winner. That yeah. will be what will happen at World's End here in AEW. What's fascinating there for wrestlers, and why I think Brian Danielson wants to work it, is how do you tell stories? Mm. How can you tell a story through a tournament? And that's what I think is really, uh, you know, for someone like Brian Danielson, who just loves pro wrestling and the art of pro wrestling and the art of storytelling within pro wrestling, what can, what story can I tell? Mm. Um, I know, I've, you know, people have been fancy booking like AEW G1s pretty much since its inception because it took so much from New Japan. Yeah. Even doing like an AEW versus New Japan G1, I think would be really interesting. Will we see like names? I know they said like top AEW talent, but that doesn't mean you can't have someone like anacada to try and build some interest in for that that wrestle kingdom match mm. um or like a, a naito or probably not a Naito because he just won the last one but like something along those lines like a name from new japan that could be in the tournament to be like a wow what an attraction like in a zack saber jr yeah, a zack like saber jr yeah. yeah is a very good example um i'm really excited for this though mm. i think this is going to be because one of the things that AEW does well and does better than a lot of other north american promotions it's in-ring wrestling. Yeah. And it is in-ring work. It is work-rate wrestling. It's that indie style of pro wrestling that was so popular in 2018 with the birth of, of All In that led into the creation of AEW that it, it's sort of, it's missing some of that. Mm. So I think being able to do this tournament is a way to kind of make sure, hey, AEW is back. I had added, I added a lot of this about on, on Dynamite last week. Mm. I kept saying to Will, it's like, this feels like the Dynamite of old. Mm. This is the sort of show when it's like, it's Samoa Joe versus Keith. It's like, that is what I expect from AEW. Like, that's the sort of thing I expect them to do. Mm. So, yeah, this feels like a very AEW thing to do to be like a, and this is what sets us apart from the competition. Yeah, it's also been an it's been a difficult year for them in in a number of different ways on and off screen. Like you know, all the off screen drama has been spoken about to death, but the on screen material hasn't been particularly interesting, at least to me. Uh, and and I know a few people who have had 
who are incredibly passionate for AEW have had a similar sort of struggle where it's just not lived up to what it once was. Like it had that incredible first set, set first two, three, four, even years. And then various different things. I think this was the period Tony Khan ran into a bunch of struggles of trying to figure out how to... He had a bad 2022. Yeah, let's put it that way. And um, I think outside of the MJF stuff... Yeah, I, which has been I great. Would, I would agree. Like, I think the MJF stuff has, has saved the company over yeah. the summer leading into the winter. Yeah, and it's and it's pure charisma and energy and leading the character. I mean, like, this, when I think back to... all, I mean, like, and I'm not trying to like write them off completely because let's let's be fair they all in was a massive success like it was a it was a, a world beating success in many different ways and the, and as, as someone who went it was a fantastic night mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it the, this idea of like reclaiming that element and they they then had a really bad run of press the past week or so with the rick flair stuff so uh, as a way of you know showing that the aw that you fell in love with and the, the, for many people and and this is where the idea of wrestling media and wrestling journalism being objective over this what essentially is a creative medium it's not like it's not a real sport no matter what they try and make us uh, think it is um because there are a lot of people who say like aw saved my fandom there was an article in fightful recently from someone who um who said you know molly bell yeah exploring their like you know complex feelings about um, the current state of AEW, but one of the things that they said was that AEW saved their their fandom, and I know a lot of people probably watching this show felt the same. Um, there was a, a video that's been shared around a lot over the weekend of uh, Baron Corbin laughing at someone coming out dressed as a big dog right. on SmackDown yeah. to be like, "This is what this WWE is we were. was." Yes, like this is what this show was on a weekly basis. Yeah, it's, it's things like that is what drove a lot of people to AEW. You're right, like that whole idea of saved my fandom because oh, a lot of people were tapping out. Yeah. of wrestling because it was, and that's because that's why we always talk about the healthy industry being important. Like, do you think that? I mean, a part of it was the 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 crazy man booking a show for himself. And a part of it was the fact that there was no competition. The fact that there is competition now is is a good thing for the industry as a whole. I always try and talk about how, rather than getting into tribalism, how lucky we are to have them all. And mm. it's great that AEW now are offering, or at least telling us about this new tournament, which is, it just sort of screams them. Do you know what I mean? And um, I, I, even down to the name Continental Classic really works for me. It's got that kind of great old school ring to it, which it's very 80s. Yeah, which I really like, like it. Kind of like that NWA style of Crockett, mm. uh, you know, that the, the Tony Khan very much is a fan of. But of course, he's got a lot more money than Crockett and he's not mm. going to sit down and take this. Yeah. I, I curious to know what other names are going to be announced for this. Yeah, well, like, should we want to see Bucket? Because I think you want to have, like, Danielson obviously is, I think, is likely going to be the person who either wins this or makes it to the finals of, of this uh, at World's End. But it's, who are the other 11 names? I'd love to see an Andrade in this. Oh, yeah. A Roosh uh, getting a great singles run in there. And actually, like, even some tag guys getting some singles run, like putting a Dax Harwood mm-hmm. in this, I think would be fascinating. You know, in my dream scenario, Kenny Omega would be part of this. You don't want to put champions in there, so like you wouldn't put MJF in the tournaments. You man out of um, Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher. Kyle Fletcher, great shout. Yeah, like, Kyle's a great shout to do this. Not likely to win, but goes out there to have great matches because mm. that's the other thing is you need to be able to have people that can take the losses, take the L's, yeah, but still can put on the great showing in there. Did you see Lance Archer had Wacker Lance Archer in there? Yeah, Lance Archer, Kaneske Takeshita. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to see like uh, as part of this tournament, speaking of the Don Callis family. Yeah. Um, 
I am Wardlow, Moxley. obviously Wardlow. Like, I mean, I know yeah. he's sort of potentially in this. That's the thing is, like, I think you'd probably want to keep Wardlow out because it's yeah. likely him and MJF at World's End for the title. But right. like, a Moxley, like, yeah. you know, a Claudio in a, in a G1 style tournament, brilliant. Mm. In fact, actually, if anything, AEW's problem they've got with this tournament is there's actually too many names, right? To that could be in part of this tournament. The other, the the the, the, the counter to that that uh, assertion which is fair is that you also have to book the show outside of the continental classic so like you kind of it's, it's lucky that they've they, what well, it's not lucky they've got enough talent to be able to pull off a regular show and also this tournament that's you know a really yeah. that's a really good state of affairs um there'll also likely be draws yeah within there as well so if you're going to have like half hour time limit draws within yeah. that that means that you're going to have half hour chunks of your wrestling show taken up with one match and look i mean the the idea of this time limit draw thing which uh sounds to me i mean there's a lot of people who are we talked like we talked last week and we got in a bit of trouble about the idea of americans not liking a tie um <laughs> yeah. but like something that's really interesting about the concept of there being a tie this idea and we don't which we don't see that often in wrestling we do see it more often in AEW than I've seen it, certainly, in all my years of being a fan. Um, but when you watch the G1, there are some matches and they start doing the countdown. And it is that countdown that gets you really... Because you know, because not only is it like, this match might end in a draw, there are stakes to that for the tournament at large. So if you, it becomes desperate. It becomes like, I need to find a pin. And, and I remember, I can't for the life of me, I don't remember who it was, but there was a match in the G1 this year that went down to like five seconds mm. and they got the pin and it was like such a moment of I'm on the edge of my seat like clutching at my face kind of thing yeah so it's it's a great format Akada Omega yeah like you know their third encounter was the time limit draw mm-hmm. uh, in the G1 yeah their second encounter but either way like within that sort of like four match period is like an incredible moment and I I, I love those those 30 minute draws mm. but you like a hangman page I think would be great in this swerve yeah like could be all keith lee like there's like if as i said there's almost too much talent and that's not including guys that i think could do with a really good shot within this mm. i'm thinking of someone like a Stu grayson mm-hmm. Stu grayson who got re-signed by AEW and has been has disappeared again yeah like he was moved to roh paired with the righteous but now obviously the righteous have gone over to aew so old Stu grayson like he's no not with the dark order anymore. yeah he's not with the righteous anymore he's just sort of like I don't know what he's doing. Gives you something to fight for. But Stu Grayson is an incredible in-ring worker. Mm. And he is the sort of guy you can like reliably throw out there. You'll have a great match. Almost like a Carl Fletcher type mm. level guy. So I'd love to see that. I know Eva Luno was putting out a call to put that. was what made me think of Stu Grayson. It's like, mm. I'd love to be part of this. It's unlikely that Eva Luno will be part of this. But hey, like... I wouldn't mind it. Because mm. I think some of those guys are really interesting. You need to have your Toriano. Mm-hmm. Every G1 needs a Toriano. I'm not saying that Evil Uno is a Toriano, but a Danhausen could be a Toriano <laughs> of the tournament, and yeah. I'd be quite glad of that. Because one of the great G1 moments for me is when Toriano pinned Moxley. Right. And this whole thing of just like, it's John Moxley just left WWE. He's the death rider. He's this guy. The first person to pin him outside of WWE is Toriano. Mm. Like, that's, you want those sorts of moments within there as well. Danhausen would be a fabulous uh, addition like that. My uh, triplet kip sabian yeah yeah another guy like yeah. you could just do with a great shot just looking at the list it, and, that, and then that's it what do you use it for you, obviously it's a vehicle for for uh danielson to get his g1 uh but it's also a vehicle to like as you say build a star make some names but also then yeah make your names in your mid card and things like that and, Absolutely. and give people a chance to show what they've got you know 
give them those moments that people will remember. You it's know? a great I'm, shout. I'm, I'm seeing some calls here like Bandido, Buddy Matthews. Bandido's a great shout. Buddy Matthews. Oh, Isaiah Cassidy. Go on then. Like uh, Miro, Malachi Black, Pack, Orange Cassidy. Like there is a bunch of names in here that would be fabulous yeah in this tournament so i think it's gonna be a really exciting time um however like if we're going to look at the, the good blueprints of this you want to look at uh tna's bound for glory series <laughs> uh, that they used to do sure it was a tournament in which you accrued points you could also lose points mm. um but it was also a tournament where some people had more matches than others yeah uh, so Which some, is, you know, fair. So That's some people dawn, got to yeah. wrestle 20 matches to earn points, whereas some people only got to wrestle six. Sure. And um, some, and somehow some of those people who wrestled six matches earned more points than Samoa Joe, uh, who wrestled 10 matches, actually ended up on minus 10 points because he kept getting himself DQ'd, which, which lost him points. Oh, yeah. Sure. Carry on. <laughs> I'm just saying... Like, you know, Jeff Jarrett's right there. They don't have to give me a mic. Yeah, chuck him in it. You can get, you can grab Jeff and be like, Jeff, what did you do for your Band of Glory series? Like, well, let me tell you. And he could tell you exactly what what little genius there is mm. on how to make this a really competent tournament. See, the, the issue is, I don't know if he's joking. <laughs> Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, 
Let's get into your stark remarks and see what you think of this announcement. And Will Campbell's going to kick things off to say, Hey guys, we all know it has to be Eddie versus Ricky in one of the block finals, right? Winner gets Danielson. I like that a lot. Yeah. Also, if it is Ricky versus Danielson 3 at World's End, I think Ricky should finally get put over. What are your thoughts? I like that a lot. Yeah, I hadn't even really thought about um, that. I hadn't yeah. even thought about Starks being in there, to be honest. I, I think because he's a current champion. And because for me, he's he's uh, he's doing so well. And all, I guess it, having been the winner of the Owen, you know, um, I, I, I hadn't really thought of this as being him being someone who needed this kind of thing. But then th that's the wrong way to think about it, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, Team Tassouls has been a member for 26 months in a row says Pirate Danielson to AEW confirmed what a great episode with a ton of fun wrestling love you all and God bless a very nice remark did he do a um, a, a promo recently without the big uh, not on TV was, wasn't it for um Wrestle oh, Kingdom. for Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. But he'd still hurt himself. Or was this before he'd hurt himself? No, this has been like... That would have been after. Okay. That was only like two weeks Just because I was wondering whether or not this was excessive. I, I, I think it's a work. This, this is a worked bandage. Right. In the same way that when Omega came back, he was wearing that tight black top that was supposed mm. to be like, this is trying to compress his muscles and stuff because his back is really hurting. Yeah. And his whole gimmick was, I'm actually much slower now. But it was all just a big work and he was totally fine. I think this was a working bandage. It was a it was a a good bit of comedy for me. This bandage, I really enjoyed it. Um, Banaka one one nine two has been a member for twenty six months in a row. Says, "Hey, the tournament starts on my birthday, Dan. Love to see Danielson wrestle, but he should care more about his health." Yeah, it's an interesting one. This is what I was trying to allude to earlier on, which is that you know, it's sort of become a meme, and I think it's more of a. I think a lot. I think this is one of the bad faith takes that I sort of see. Uh, people talking about AEW being the land of the broken people, you know, where it's like, I couldn't get cleared by WWE's doctors, so I'm going to show up in AEW instead kind of thing. Um, and, and, you know, they get a lot of criticism, some of it earned, some of it not, for a sort of uh, dangerous style and putting people to work when maybe they should be on the injury shelf or whatever. Like, I, I, I Part of the reason I can't get on with Darby Allen is because it makes me tremendously uncomfortable to watch a human being do that mm. to them to their own body but um that said if danielson is fine or at least medically able to go he, he knows he's winding down anyway you've got to get it in before it's too late and, and maybe this was in the works already you know it's a, it's, a, it's a complicated one and we aren't privy to his me medical medical uh record so yeah you know Speculation is part of it. People were just pointing out as well, he did have the bandage on during the uh, the Wrestle Kingdom promo. Ah! To Okada. I've only seen him running away. I hadn't, I, when I was scrolling through X, mm. it was seeing the the, the little bits as he, as he sort of carried on. Mm. I didn't watch the whole thing, so there you go. Well, let's get into uh, the rest of this show, which kicked things off uh, with Andrade El Idolo versus Daniel Garcia. And Andrade didn't come out alone, though, for he had with him hot and flexible CJ Perry. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, The one thing I really like about Danny Garcia, who's just come off, you know, this MJF match that they haven't done, a fabulous little match that it was as well. And he cut this great promo 
sort of about you know like when are we going to get my chances you know when when will i ever get a chance like that again i loved the story they told within that match and that kind of ties into what you were talking about this idea that you will have sort of fallen out of favor with AEW because it's not the AEW that they mm-hmm. remember because there's now focus on older guys yeah like, we'll we'll get Co- to that at the end of the show and sting and yeah. flair and all this and the other but here like i still think that garcia is still he feels over and he feels like that match with danielson has empowered him even more mm-hmm. and like he can take l's like this to andrade but still come out feeling special and, and powerful and things are still over he goes outside to cj perry and he just puts his arms up and the crowd like you almost raise their feet and start making noise. You can see people in the background also doing it because the dance is over. <laughs> no matter what happens, the kid will always have the dance and the dance is over. People like a thrust, you know, we, we all like to gyrate now yeah. and again. Uh, I uh, I also really enjoyed the when he turned his back, CJ Perry just did the dance back to him. Around. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Uh, Andrade also did a woo when he put on the figure eight and tapped out uh, Garcia, and CJ celebrated with him afterwards while Miro watched on backstage. Miro versus Andrade, full gear. Wouldn't mind that at all. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by this little pairing. Uh, first of all, I need a second to address CJ's socks and stilettos combination, which I found heinous, but that's a personal choice. Um, but also, I think Andrade, I always think about Andrade and Zelina, mm-hmm. right? As a pairing in NXT was just a piece of magic, especially during that period where I wasn't watching weekly NXT and I was watching, I, it was the, the match with um, Johnny Gargano at Philadelphia. Was it Philadelphia? Oh uh, yeah, I can't it was like in twenty like twenty eighteen. Yeah, uh, the takeover, the opener that they had, right? Which was just it's one of the greatest openers NXT has ever had. Oh, just beautiful stuff. Um, so I like him having a person. I I think CJ as well was certainly in that twenty fourteen sort of run. She was like a modern Deborah. I always thought of her like a very refreshing update to the kind of a non factor. How dare you besmirch the name of Deborah? I'm only saying what Steve said. Steve who? Austin. It's the whole thing with Deborah. Oh, like, I see the, what you're doing. Bam, she non-factor. Bam, non-factor. She wasn't in 1999. <laughs> um, I, that was I wasn't sharp <laughs> enough to get you right. It's a Monday. What can I say? Um, but no, like she, it, she was a, like a refreshing update to that kind of manager valet role. I kind of en- enjoyed it. I would like for her to be more active in terms of being a manager. What I like about this story is that she's saying, "Well, I wanted to do this with you, but you." don't want me because you've got whatever this is going on mm. right now. So I'm going to go off and do my thing. I would love, for instance, for them to work in the storyline that you mentioned Andrade going into this Continental Classic. She managed it. She arranged it. She yeah. organized it. She this is she is not just a person standing on the outside clapping. This is her client. That's the point. He said, I want to work with this person. Yeah. I would like for that to be part of the story as well, because I think it could be really interesting. And then, yes, when you take me towards Mira and Andrade, I'm all in. I also like, we talked about this a few weeks back, the idea that perhaps she is just doing it to create people for Miro to destroy. Yeah, that's cool. Like she is just, she isn't actually interested in managing other people. Mm. She is doing this to motivate Miro because mm. she knows that her managing other people will infuriate him and take him back to the Miro of old. Mm. And she's just like, you know, I did it with Action Andretti and I've done it with this. I'm going to do it with Andrade, a real you know, big dog in the yard. Yeah. And I can watch my, my husband kill this poor guy and they'll have an absolute slow they'll have a banger of full gear if they get to that that's part. quite fun i mean the only thing i don't really like too much about that one is that i don't I, it's the sort of husband and wife like teasy i don't know there's something about it i don't i don't love that much but i i i 
you can convince me with a story like that. It depends how they let it play out. Uh, Nick Wayne then beat Dalton Castle um, using the Wayne's World after some help from Christian Cage. A fun little match. I thought this was really good. I thought it was really effective because you had Dalton Castle. First of all, there was a, at one point he did like an almost angle slam thing from the corner, which I just absolutely loved. The, the move was incredible. And then he had this whole gut wrenching of Nick Wayne sort of thing. Yeah. I thought it told a really good story within the match of sort of, you know, Nick Wayne, who, yes, did that massive heel turn and then is aligned with someone that everybody loves to hate on this show in Christian Cage, but he's still a rookie. Like, he's still, you know, that kid who got beaten to within an inch of his life by Swerve and things mm. like that. So when he gets put into a match like this, he is quite easily, you know, he's a, a, he's 150 pounds soaking wet or whatever it is. Like, he's, he's going to be thrown around, um, but he'll find a way to, you know, cheat his way to the victory or, or get the victory, whatever. Yeah. I really I thought it was really effective. I really liked it. I really enjoyed Nigel McGuinness saying that he's even heard rumours that Nick Wayne is going to take on uh, Christian Cage's surname because he's, fa- he's such a father figure to him. That's very, very funny. Um, yeah, and apparently Christian's group, disappointingly, is not called the Christian Coalition, which ah. is what I've been calling them. Uh, the group name is apparently the Patriarchy. <laughs> sure. Which is great because it's such an easy segment to do or an easy chant to do. F, the patriarchy. Very funny. So that's quite that's an easy win as a heel group. You're right there. There's just a bit of fluff in my in my water. Is it from your jumper? I don't know if it's from my jumper or if it's from the biscuit I had earlier on. It's <laughs> just a piece of something else. Um one of my favorite things on the show, my boy Hangman Page. Yeah. Cutting a promo on Swerve Strickland. Man, this is so good. He essentially in this promo said kind of echoing some of the things that Swerve has been saying as well. Because one of the things I love about Swerve's motivation in this feud is that I didn't beat you. I didn't challenge you to a match because I hated you. I hated your opportunity. So I wanted to get that opportunity away from you. And then he felt that Hangman took, like made it a personal thing. So he's like, I actually have no beef with you. But now you've made me have beef with yeah. you. And what hangman is saying here is like no man because it's i was having a match and none i was getting involved you could have just walked away you beat me sure it took you you know all sorts of plunder but you did beat me and you could have just walked into the sunset with that victory and carried on your merry way but you decided to make this personal in fact you actually made this too personal so you're going to get me a full gear texas death match and i'm going to put you six feet under and you're going to have to know, like, I want you for the next two weeks just be looking at all of your family members knowing that you're never going to see their birthdays, their christenings, their weddings, because you're going to be in the abyss and I'm going to bury you. And then every November, I'm going to walk to your grave hand in hand with my son and I'm going to let him piss on it. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. He is the best baby face in the company it was a brilliant promo it really was uh, and i also think like a texas death match with a former world champion is yet another checkpoint in the making of swerve strickland like yeah. it's gonna be such a, a statement unbeaten in texas death matches in aew as well really yeah wait swerve no hangman hangman that's it so like if swerve gets the win that's massive yeah like it's it's a really it's even if he he were to get the the L, it's still massive. You yeah. know what I mean? It's still it's. I think the the we we spoke about it a lot last week. But this building of Swerve as, you know, your next big guy, is continuing a pace, and I'm all for it. LFI beat the Work Horseman. My favorite moment of this was uh, it was a brilliant way to build up Roosh because it was Roosh and Drillistico, and Drillistico's in there with Anthony Drake, and Anthony Drake is like they're doing a chop exchange thing, 
and Drillisco is not having much effect on the much bigger Drake. And then Anthony Drake chops him and he sells it big time. Mm-hmm. So then he tags in Roosh, mm-hmm. who just walks in and just takes the chops that we've just seen work massively mm-hmm. on the you know on this this small lad. Has no effect on Roosh. But he chops Anthony Drake, who we've just seen is absorbing on these chops and he sells it massively what a brilliant way yeah. to sell rouge and get over a lot of his character mm, i thought this was a really great match again it was there were a lot of there was a lot of this and when they came out the work horseman hadn't been announced if i'm not misremembering no, no no you are right so i was like oh here we go lfi with a in the traditional collision fashion couple of jobbers and it's going to be a nice quick one and then it turned into a really great match the work horsemen i think are fantastic mm. based on this you know I, i've liked what they've done the past few weeks as well um the only thing i had was i was interested in the it almost felt like a, a, a number of times in the match the work horsemen had their number like it was almost like they were being put over as more powerful when lfi have been booked incredibly powerfully and strongly mm-hmm. going into this i thought that was an interesting choice didn't take away from what I thought was an incredible showing off both teams, but I was just interested in why they, yeah, they went down that road. It's usually the, uh, it, oftentimes that's the Ric Flair mentality. Mm. Ric Flair used to say, I don't see what the point of me beating jobbers is. Yeah. Because I like I get nothing. What do I get from beating a nobody? Mm. Kenny Omega, because this during the pandemic came under fire from, from some online critics because he had a competitive match with Alan Angels on an episode of Dynamite. People were like, oh, aren't you supposed to be like Kenny Omega? Like, why are you going toe-to-toe with this Alex, like, because then I beat him. Mm. And, like, didn't it say more about me that I beat this guy that could almost beat me? Mm-hmm. Like, didn't that put me over more? And I guess that's the argument here with LFI and Work Horseman. I don't think it always works. No. Because you have to pick the right guy. I don't think it particularly worked with the Alan Angels match either. But that is the argument and the theory behind it. Well, because there's an, there's, an, there's something between constant squashes and constant, you know, going toe-to-toe with a nobody kind of thing. Like, there's, there's something in... Uh, I've over like action Andretti taking out Jericho. I know it's a meme at this point, mm. but like the idea of I overlooked you and suddenly you got it over on me kind of thing, or or I wasn't thinking too much about you, but it actually turns out you're quite good. So this mm. was more competitive than I was expecting, which uh, Gunther is a great example of it where he's able to look powerful while still giving to his opponents kind of thing. Um, but every now and again, I think it is really effective to just utterly decimate somebody mm. and be like, I'm Roosh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like within that spot, that that's a, the one you highlighted there is a great example of how you can do that within the match and still give. Whenever I realise it was the work horseman, kind of makes more sense for them to have a bit more. Yeah, you know, a bit more of an established. Yeah, just two lads. Yeah, uh, and as has been pointed out, JD Drake, not Anthony Drake. Anthony Henry is his tag partner, and I got ah. the two. Conf- I got the names mixed up. You you shipped them. I did. Uh, House of Black cut a promo afterwards, um, basically challenging Starks and Bill for the titles. More on that in a little bit. And Julia. Hart also laid her sight on Chris Statlander in the TBS Championship. That she did. That she did. Big thumbs up from me. And then Lexi interviewed Statlander and Willow. And what they announced was it's going to be a triple threat for the TBS Championship. It's five women on the card. They can't find a, a fourth woman to put in that match to make it a, a grand tradition fatal four way. No, well, no, no. That's a shame. No. I mean, we're such a rich history. You don't want to overdo that history. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to turn a out of it, do you? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Otherwise, it's a meme at that point. Um, what they've announced is a triple threat match. It's Statlander versus the winner of Heart and Willow, which was on this show, and the winner of Red Velvet and Sky Blue, mm-hmm. which will be coming next week. Why it's Red Velvet? She just lost a match last week. 
But oh, don't get me started on that. We'll get to that in a we'll minute. We'll get to that in a little yeah. bit. But it's yeah, it's her and Sky Blue. Uh, so likely it'll be Sky Blue because they're already doing this story with with Blue and uh, and, and Statlander. Julia referenced it as well. Uh, Sky and Willow rejecting the gift she offered. Yeah, you know. So there's there's a bit of something yeah. in there as well so hey it's i'm i actually am digging this story more than i am the storm and shida uh story yeah I, I i don't know what it is like i'm i'm quite digging the, the the character work in this i'm really digging julia Ha. i'm really digging sky blue and statlander and, and willow so i'm i'm way more into this tbs feud than i am the main women's mm. title feud it's a very simple feud and i think they're doing well with what they're being given i think you know um I always like Willow. I, I I like Sky Blue a lot. I think she continues to develop really well. Julie Hart's fantastic in her role. Um, I, is Stat injured? Stat hasn't wrestled since Battle of the Belts. It's been three weeks and she's just stood in literally the same part of the frame yeah. doing the same interview. Well, it's because they, they only have time for one women's match, Dan. Like, what, what do you want her to do? We're going to rip you apart damn she can't wrestle matches julia hart was already having a that's match that's fair that's fair but like not even on rampage you know what i mean like they're not well, someone else was having that <laughs> match dan come on use your brain it's interesting that she like was given this run as like this like quite you know defending champ and then suddenly she's just just she stood there doing interviews she's not moved she's, no. she stood there the whole time dude i this isn't a prediction, it's a spoiler. I literally said this was going to happen to Hikari Shida. Right. After her third match she had, after winning the belt, I said to her, like, she's not going to wrestle now until four games. Yeah. Because that's what happens. Yeah. You win a title belt, you then wrestle for three weeks on TV as the working champion, mm. as the defending champion, and then that stops. This happens every single, apart from Soraya, happens every single time. Hey, he loves time. a tradition. He's a traditional man. He loves it. He likes to do, he likes to repeat patterns. Uh, but that said, yeah. Uh, I, I I mean, I, I, it's going to be a good match. It's hard to get passionate about the women in AEW because yeah, without I, getting I, in trouble. I said this, I said this about Mariah May uh, oh, debuting uh, on, on Dynamite. Yeah. So like, look, I've I, I've done the excitement thing. I'll, I will believe it when I see it. Mm. I, I mean, I'm excited for Mariah May. I'm, I'm excited that she is in the company. Yeah, uh, but am I like? I'm not going to start fancy booking things for her, even though I, I sort of did on the show. Because I was like, I can't help myself. well, because I was like, well, there's an easy story that you can tell here, which is that she idolizes Tony Storm. Mm. She followed the same path as Tony Storm. She went to Japan like Tony Storm did. And now she's come to AW so she can face Tony Storm. And what she's going to find is a literal washed up actor mm. and being like, oh, you're not Tony Storm. Right. And she can almost beat the Tony Storm back into her. Mm, oh, that's fun. we can drop the timeless thing. Yeah. Well, I don't drop the timeless thing. It's Problem fabulous. is, it, it's also, it's over. Yeah. Which is, you know, possibly going to struggle. Or you do, you do the Mickey James Trish. I was, I was thinking Mickey James. That's where yeah. I was at. Roderick Strong uh, beat Darius Martin uh, with Very the brave end of, of Roddy Strong. Uh, end of heartache. Uh, neck Strong, you know, neck awareness neck month. Neck health yeah. awareness month may be over, but, you know, the, the, its memory stays strong. And ham, as we call it. <laughs> And I loved how much of a meal he made getting out of his wheelchair. Yeah. They're taking off the next race. He's got the mustache and the, the glasses looking like such a little dog. Then he gets in the ring and it's just Roderick Strong. And it's, yeah. it's wonderful because this is this was set up on the promo on Dynamite, which is like, I'm, I need to remind people who Roderick Strong is. And he did in this match because this was a Roderick Strong squash match and it was great to watch. And I was like, genuinely, got to throw it. I made in my notes here. God, it's great to see Roddy yeah. wrestle again. But then he goes back into doing the Roddy comedy stuff, which I'm also really enjoying. Mm. 
I I had a, I got a big kick out of this. I enjoyed the match. I want to make that clear before I I get into my nitpick of the week. But like the idea for me of Roddy Strong having this bad neck but being so brave and getting to the ring and wrestle anyway. I would I I would have liked him to lean more into it because you got Darius hitting uppercuts and enziguris and like that stuff would affect your neck. I would like for Roddy Strong to be like take ref don't like it's me you can't touch my neck actually my neck is like whatever mm. like don't let him do these moves this is they're perfectly legitimate moves but he's a heel he should be complaining i would like for them to play with that sell the bit even harder because it's a great bit that i really enjoy and cowardly heel roddy you know appealing to the ref and that kind of thing it just sounds like quite a fun little I work like, for me i like that a lot because it, but I, I suppose it's a character that we've sort of seen before this sort of like because his neck's not hurt like his, his no of course his, it, but his, that's, his neck it, is fine, that's but it that, and that's where sort of the, the comedy of it lands but i actually quite like the difference in being a cowardly heel yeah. that then just gets in and is a killer wrestler yeah but then goes out to be a cowardly heel again afterwards. yeah that's fair i think for me it was the idea that he was like he would he would be like ref don't let him do this and then he'd but he'd wrestle because he's fine yeah he'd wrestle exactly the way he, he was and then doing lots of neck-based offense himself yeah exactly yeah. like that like, there's something in that that I found quite fun. Um, but the match was great. Like, it's really strong. What do, you, what do you expect? Uh, TK and Danielson then announced the G1, and we got our women's match of the night. It was a bit of a banger as well. It, it was. was Julia Hart versus Willow Nightingale, the winner of which will advance to the triple threat with Chris Statlander. Uh, Sky Blue was watching from backstage. Um, a lot of this was Julia working over the arm of Willow, so then when she went to hit the Dr. Bomb, she couldn't quite do it. And in mm -hmm. fact, actually, when she did eventually get to do it, she didn't quite have the, the oomph to be able to get her properly over, so Julia sort of like just kind of jumped out of the move, uh, falling onto mm. her butt. Um, I enjoyed the moment when uh, Hart was doing Heartless, and then sort of like power, like, so then Willow powers out of this, and Julia goes to run the ropes to do another move, but at the same time, Willow's already run the ropes to hit her with the pounce. Really enjoyed that. But eventually, Hart hit the moonsault for the win. Very, very good towards the end. It was good. This was another one, though, where I thought Willow was in control for most of it, and then Julie got the win. And then I thought about it, and I was like, oh, we had that last week with Lance Archer and Derby. This is just a style that they seem to like to be able to allow your opponent to not look weak in defeat kind of mm. thing um so yeah i mean i get it and I, I get what they're doing i did really just appreciate that this was given a fair bit of time i like willow nightingale a lot i would like for i like julia hart a lot i think she's got a great look i think she's got a great style 22 outrageous it's outrageous that yeah. she is 22 years old Put it i in still still can't believe it because yeah. I'm, I'm there watching her in this match and i'm like you are so much better than all the twenty-two-year-old wrestlers that I've been I've seen over the mm. years, and and fearless in many ways, and and there's the commitment to this character, and I think which you know, I say character, it's not uh, one of those like depth. It's 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 a it's a wrestling character, like mm. it's 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 pretty shallow in terms of construction, but I do like what she's doing with it. I like that she somehow fits in a very natural way with three beardy tattooed men do you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's a really interesting and it's credit to her i think um so i'm quite pleased for her to get this opportunity you know i think i i probably would have her as my pick at full gear honestly uh yeah i mean going off the back of i i we said this going into um uh wrestle dream that idea was like oh i could see her yeah being the one to win a restroom because she's so over at the mm. moment I think it's going to be. I, I think it might be the the sky blue and her cancel each other out. Oh Statlander yeah, Statlander gets the win because that can then further the Statlander blue stuff. 
But I also wouldn't be surprised at a world in which Julia Hart walks out of that match as TBS champion. It's the wrinkle of her calling out Willow and, and Sky and sort of seeding that idea mm. that, that they're rejecting this sort of gift and you can play with Sky seem to be more taken by whatever the mist was than Willow, you know, kind of yeah. thing. Um, I think you could do a lot of interesting things with her as TBS champion. Alexi interviewed uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill, uh, who I thought had a really good line when they were basically talking about, was like, look, we're not even going to wrestle these guys. Like, I don't really want to see them in catering. Like, I'm not going to do any interview segments with them. And then Lexi's like, oh, actually, Tony Khan just told me you're going to be wrestling all three of them at the pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, what? No! Yeah. Not, that's not the way it's worked. Well, you know, we're, we're, how are we the last people to, uh, to learn about this? All of that's grand. However, one of the other matches on full gear is uh, Jericho and Omega versus the Young Bucks with the Young Bucks number one contendership to the tag titles on the line. So why then are the AEW World Tag Team Championships being competed for by three other teams? Further, one of those teams fairly conclusively and in fact established in words on an episode of Collision in the form of FTR, were said they are back of the queue now. That's it. That's all she wrote. Top guys out. Job done. Back of the line. They're in this match. They could win their titles back. That's a really odd... And and it, uh, Tony Khan likes a, a sort of mazy, hazy way of booking. Some people really get it. I struggle with it sometimes, but then at, at the end of it, I'm like, oh, no, I do see your point. I did enjoy that. This is one of those which neither. It's just... This is nonsense. Well, okay, This there's a reason why this has happened the way that it has happened. And that'll be because when they were doing the Jericho, Omega, and Young Bucks match, they wanted to have the stakes of Jericho and Omega have to split up if they lose. So you look at that, it's like, okay, great. But why would Jericho and Omega put that on the line? Well, what if the Young Bucks put their number one contention on the line? Brilliant, okay, we've got that sorted. Not really thinking about what the implications of that over here. It's just you had an end goal in mind, which is, well, the stipulation we want to do is Jericho and Omega have to split up. How do we get that? Okay, we'll do X, Y, and Z. But that causes problems over here. And really, this one also doesn't matter, because, like, who gives a f*** if Jericho and Omega can't tag anymore? They've been tagging for like five minutes. They're like, who cares? Yeah. Sorry for swearing, but like, who cares? Yeah. So, but like, but that's now the stakes that are on the line. Yeah. And we, and now they will likely win and get the number one contendership to the tag titles. Mm. But I'm now also on the on that very same show, going to be watching three other teams. I like, get simple stuff. Yeah. But it's it just raises logical questions, like. Yeah, but why? Uh, there are going to be some people who say, and I, justifiably so, because if this is how you watch any program, fair enough. But like, there are going to be some people who say, "So, yeah, well, that's fine." And that's like, you know, that's that is what it is, dude. I watched I watched WWE from two thousand five to twenty eighteen, <laughs> and er, I know every week was going like, "Yeah, sure, why not? Sure, why? Sure, well, sure, yeah. why, well that's just the way it works." I yeah, guess. I guess. Like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. But also, at the well, same time, but at the same time, you have to be like, but it doesn't make any sense. So my response to that is, do we think AEW is better than WWE in that period of time? And I think the answer is yes. I think they are better than that. Yeah. And I think it's... It, so when, when we talk about this, it's like holding them to that higher standard that they have set yeah. themselves. What, what I mean is, as wrestling fans, yeah, we yeah, are yeah. prone to just be like, that's ah, fine. 
Like it's, it's wrestling. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It'll become like, one of those. Hey, that happened. But all at the same time, you know, and you know, post full gear, no one's ever going to really question it either yeah. because one of those matches will have happened, and we're moving on to the other thing. Yeah. But at the same time, you're going into the show being like, eh, I, don't, I think this could have done with a bit more thought here. That that's it. And this is where when you are booking this much stuff and you're doing it mostly on your own, as I seem to still understand the structure of AEW's booking is very much still, you know, which if I was a Fulham fan, I'd be a bit cross. But um that's why you want a little team together. That's why leaning on Danielson more as reports were stated is a good idea. Um having that kind of continuity, like rec- it, 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 this is a problem that you come up against when you write things right when you are a writer you have an idea you want to do this well then you get a, that's why when you write a time travel novel and I, I, re- I appreciate that we're kind of going off piece here a little bit but when you write a time travel novel you have to be really clear on your rules otherwise you start forming little plot holes all over the place you have to establish that world um so if you are if if your issue is well i'd like to put this on the line but that, hang on, creates a problem over here. Well, maybe I can't put that on the line, so let's find something else. Or maybe do we work out that, you know, the Young Books take the titles for this one and then it becomes mm-hmm. about, but do I want the championship to go on there? So maybe I need to change this stipulation. You, these are things that you have to work out. Now, his response in this situation has been, ah, sod, it doesn't matter. And arguably, I suppose it doesn't. But that's but, not how I consume my media. It, it might not be a, ah, sorry, it doesn't matter. It might just be, oh, I didn't think of that. Right. But anyway, let's move on. But like, uh, for example, like in Fantasy Booking Warfare, mm. the, the most recent episode that just went up, where I once again did a bang up job. Uh, I thought a really funny conclusion to my pay-per-view or a really funny thing to happen towards the end of my show uh, my fantasy booking would just be it's Tony Khan versus Jim Cornette in a street fight with Dixie Carter as a special guest referee. LOL, lol, TNA. That's a funny thing to do. That's a very silly thing to write down on a piece of paper. Yeah. So I wrote that down. It's one of the first things that I wrote down. And then I sort of just booked backwards from there and then, you know, had some other pieces. But I actually didn't realize that until I was reading it back uh, on the prompter mm. uh, here in this studio. That had already disbanded Team TNA, which basically right. would have disbanded Dixie Carter from the company. Yeah. But I'd already planned to do this joke at the end. And so when I sat down, Dave was like, why is Dixie Carter the special guest referee? And I was like, I don't know. Well, <laughs> but like, also, contractually, she's still there, Dave. In my cruelly robbed fantasy booking, I did a similar thing where I was like, right, I've, I've booked a really good run of time. And then I realized I ran into WWE's problem, which is I don't know how to get from Survivor Series to the Royal Rumble. Oh, I can tell you do that. So you I do. just went, I suspend him. Yeah. Suspend him for 60 days. No, what you do is you have Triple H team with Cactus Jack at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is a way you delay something from Survivor Series through two. Yeah. Uh, which I did do. And that's how I won. But anyway. Uh, on the, the Jericho notes, we then had Powerhouse Hobbs versus our lad. Powerhouse Hobbs won. It was more of a backdrop to the, the bigger thing, which was Don Callis cutting a promo to set up the uh, Lycas, uh, whatever the new Yakuza game is. Um, yeah. Boss fight. The, the game that they're doing. The, the, the spawn match. The spawn match, yeah. Uh, and it was there to put over Powerhouse Hobbs versus Paul White. Mm-hmm. Now, I been very clear on the record here and i will say it again and i will repeat this ad nauseum on that dynamite show as well there is only one conclusion to this match and that is powerhouse hobbs hits paul white with the world's strongest slam and pins him that is the only conclusion you should be doing to this match if that is not your purpose then i think you have made an error Mm. with this match sponsor match sure but if your whole point like if you a whole thing you're doing with jericho and hobbs was to try and put over hobbs then build that up further and have him beat the Giants. Mm. And so he has then beaten the biggest man in pro wrestling. And he is now the new Giants of AEW or whatever you want to phrase this as. 
So that really, for me, is the only conclusion I have for that match. But actually, my annoyance I've currently got with this storyline didn't happen on Collision. It was happening over in DDT, Mm -hmm. where Jericho beat Takeshita. Yeah. Why did Jericho beat Takeshita, A, in DDT, B, the week before this show? Why on earth did Jericho beat Takeshita? Because what does that do for Takeshita? More to the point, it undermines the powerhouse Hobbs things from a few weeks back. Why did Jericho win? What an asinine thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if the counter-argument is that well, how many of your audience will watch that? And and like I don't mean to be glib or flippant with that, because honestly, I, I wouldn't have known had I not decided to delve into the arsehole of Reddit. Um, but like... Or, or and you bring it up to me that could have been my very first time I've learned that kind of thing. So there's an argument to be made that you know ah, it's fine, but also I think that's a fair assessment from I, you. I think the reason I bring it up is more on this. Jericho puts over younger guys, and I'm like, no, I don't think Jericho does. I think Jericho Action Andretti. I think Jericho just attaches himself. He's a very smart person. He just attaches himself to hot angles or hot groups or hot storylines to make himself appear as a more hot act in the company than he actually is he's also the king of um saying something with enough conviction that you start believing him absolutely do you know what i mean like he's and yeah. i don't really mean that as an insult like i like i mean i've had this conversation with ollie multiple times over i remember back in 2018 when mm-hmm. jericho you know first left wwe and the very first thing he did was get on being the elite yeah and i was like well, of course you did that's the hot, the hot thing in thing. pro wrestling right now. He, of course, he teams with the Young Bucks and the Jericho Crews mm-hmm. because that's the hot thing right now. Because he wants to, and then like a couple of years later, what did he do? Tagged with Danhausen. Why? Because yeah. Danhausen was the hot thing in pro wrestling. Joey's in the bloodline. <laughs> well, like he's like he touches onto everything. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment of, yeah. of it. He's, he signed a few with MJF. Why? Because mm. MJF was getting hot. This uh, Orange Cassidy is another one. This began the period of this episode of collision where i sort of felt myself checking out because i'll be honest i'm not interested in in seeing paul white wrestle i'm not interested in, <laughs> in this situation i will say during this squash match uh at one point uh, well rather after the squash match where hobbs looks impressive again and I, I completely agree with you that is what you should be using this match for to get over hobbs even more given that one great visual Carlos said i have one thing to say and uh paul white on commentary went i doubt it and that popped me. I had a big giggle at that. Um, and he said, if I can be serious for a minute, and that means Landstorm confirmed, um, all elite. That was the most takeaway I had from this whole period and all of this. You know, I, it's just something where I'm like, I, that's my bathroom break for Dynamite. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm actually looking forward to the match, right? Uh, because Kenny's in it, and uh, sure, and, and, and I and I that's like fair. Kenny, and it's and Takeshita's in the match. Yeah. Carl Fletch's in the match. Brian Cage is oddly in the match, because mm-hmm. I'm guessing Sammy Guevara couldn't get cleared, and so Brian Cage is in there instead. Lol, I guess. That's fair. Um, but also, someone just pointed out in the chat there, the one thing I actually forgot when I was having my little Jericho rant is that the whole point of Takeshita was he pinned Kenny Omega twice. Yeah. And you know, you know, pinned Kenny Omega twice in a week. Mm. Oh, right. Of course he did, yeah. Pinned him all in, pinned him all out. And what did I actually do for Takeshita in the end? Not a great deal. And now he's just been beaten by Jericho. So, mm. you know, there you go. Worked out for everyone, I guess. Um, 
Anyway, uh, Lexi interviewed FTR, simple promo, and that led into our main event of Lance Archer and the Righteous versus Darby Sting and Adam Copeland, uh, which basically was all designed to build to the Copeland hot tag, which he did, then ran wild, including a dive, mm-hmm. and uh, then they won. It was a good hot tag. Very good hot tag. Very simple story of the match as well, mm-hmm. which is they, they're putting this over very, very good on comedy, which is why I, I quite liked this match in terms of using this as a building block for the pay-per-view in two weeks' time, which is that the Righteous instantly gelled as a group they were working together as a group as a team whereas the other three they weren't disparate but it was like they don't seem to have as much cohesion as the righteous and and archer do like that's why they are dominating this match because these three are not working together they're not they're not thinking like a team but by the end of it they were a cohesive unit which now puts them in a much stronger position going up against the christian coalition at the pay-per-view so as a match and a story of a match massive thumbs up from me because that's a really good building block for the pay-per-view i agree with that um i think it's uh it was funny it started with a this is awesome chant and my initial thought was baby's the righteous like it's fine this is this, words matter but um it's not I, because sting was wrestling i appreciate it's because sting was wrestling and he's what i was about to say <laughs> yeah 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 but like not everything's awesome um sting wrestling is is it yeah, considering that, you know, three years ago, we didn't think it was going to happen. That's again. fair. And, like, like, the, the, and the last thing that he did was get beaten by Triple H and then, uh, you know, unfortunately, very badly yeah. by Seth Rollins. The presence That's is a, awesome. That is not I will a that. great end to a Sting career. I'm so, being catty. So now, and also you, love, Sting you love Sting. I get that. I do. I, when we, the, the wrestling itself, though. It's great. Is it? Of course it is. Sting doing Sting stuff. He does okay. the splash, he does the DDT, he does the scorpion. Like, what then do I want, have no notes. Like, what do you want him to do? I he don't want punches. him to be wrestling. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want 60-year-olds to be wrestling in the main event of my television show. I get that, like, I, I, that's, I'm being flippant and probably too harsh on it. But, like, I was just, I'd seen some really good stuff elsewhere in the show. And I was like, oh, I'm not. And maybe the, the Ric Flair thing has a sour taste in my mouth where it just feels, the, the, whole, the whole thing... I'll come round to it in the end because I'm just being grumpy. But like, yeah, the flair thing. I, to be and also to be clear, I have all the respect in the world for Sting. Like as as a, as a presence in the industry, as what he does, it just doesn't work for me. It's not what I want from my TV at this point. Yeah, like, I get it. That's a personal thing, and it's yeah. not it's not about whether or not Sting is good enough or Sting ever was good enough because that's that, that would be a stupid argument to be trying to make. Like, did I enjoy it when they eventually got there? Yeah. I did because like you say it was like it was fun when it was like the, the hot tag was very fun um also darby looking like a bunch of girls i went to high school with with little <laughs> booty shorts and and uh, tights and then the crop top yeah um was was <laughs> was fun as well but yeah i don't know i don't know do you know what i'm saying it's like not, i 100 percent yeah what you're there is a shelf life with nostalgia yeah runs right and i wasn't a wcw fan and that's also fair because this is a this is nostalgia, yeah. right? Like the, when he him and Darby had a tag match on Dynamite, that was just there to be. And like at the end of it, I was like, the, nothing was really gained from this match. But the live crowd had a great time because we got to see Sting wrestler, and I had fun watching it at home because Sting did the no sell and he took them both down, and then he hit his moves and he won. Uh, I think back to when I saw Jushin Thunder Liger. In, this is, this has been twenty eighteen. And I saw him. I went to a Rev Pro show um, the week before the week the week, uh, same weekend. Actually, we did um, Wrestling Media Con. So I on the Friday, oh, I couldn't have been th- Wednesday or Thursday, whichever day it was. I went to a Rev Pro show at York Hall, and it was a TV taping they were doing because they just got onto TV mm. uh, and a very short-lived deal that they had. And Liger was on that show, so I watched Liger have three matches on that show. 
And he did the same thing in all three of those matches. And every time I had a massive smile on my face because I was mm. watching Jushin Thunder Liger right. wrestle. And then we booked him for MediaCon. And then Jushin Thunder Liger on that show did the same match twice. And I was I had a beaming smile on my face because I was watching Jushin. I watched him do the same match five times over a three-day period. And I had a big smile on my face every time because I got to watch Jushin Liger. And that's what I'm feeling with Sting at the moment. I just get to watch Sting do his thing. Mm. And that's I'm not going to get to do that post march mm. that's i'm never going to get to see sting do that again so anytime i get to see sting res- see sting rest on tv i just got a big smile on my face and i just wanted to play the hits that's I'm a fair not, assessment i'm not looking for him to do anything flashy mm. i just want you to do your greatest hits tour i don't want to hear the stuff off your new album because <laughs> no one's no one's into your new album stuff they just want to hear you play the hits i think that's that's a completely fair assessment it does i think probably for me tie into the same thing i have with darby bouncing all over the thing and taking those bumps on stairs and, and all that yeah. stuff like where or like the, the coffin drop onto a coffin where i'm like anyone in their right mind would tell you that that is a bad idea for your back which is precious like don't take the piss um which is that you aren't you are a 60 year old man who had a serious injury there like you know uh, and it just makes me wince kind of thing mm-hmm. so oh, I, yeah it's, it's a different kind of wince that i have with edge i've kind of got more comfortable with what Edge is doing now. It's, it's a similar win- a wince that I had with Soraya, but they're not 60, you know? They're like, that. that's that's probably where it comes from, where it's like, I enjoy your presence in this group. I enjoy your presence as Darby's, like, you know, adopted granddad. Mm. I don't enjoy the feeling I have when I watch this person potentially put themselves at risk. I think that's probably where it comes from. But everything that you just said is a perfectly reasonable, and I'm sure what 90%, of, probably 99% of the people watching feel as well. But I also get like, I, I think what you're also watching is a six year old man wrestling in a t shirt. Yeah. Like, and it's, you know, during the his his TNA run, there was a period where I was like, oof, I'm not sure this is this is worth it because this is main event sting level matches. Difference there is that he was also often going for the world title. Right. Like, here he is just. Yeah, the very. He's yeah, a, he's, he's a just, part of a story he's rather just than part the story. Of, he's a part. Of, part-time nostalgia act that is getting more tv time now because we are going to the end of his mm. run um but yeah i i, I just I, I had fun that's and fair I, and I that's fun, fair i had fun with sting when i was in cbw like when we did uh, the character of silver bro laurie was messaging me when we were going back for doing season two and there's been like a you know a big gap between season one and season two in terms of like the in-universe story and so everyone was changing up how their character looked and he said to me it's like how's silver bro changed and i said hey, he hasn't I was like, it's the same character, he just looks older. Mm. I was like, he's a bit more grey, like his mullet's receding a little bit more, but he is just the same character. And Laurie was getting so frustrated with me not... I, I think in his mind, not putting any effort into right. it, because I'd be like, no, he's the same. But my my rationale behind it was like, the Silver Bro is a nostalgia character. Mm-hmm. He just, he thinks in his mind, I'm just here to play the hits. Mm. So when I do matches in CBW, I just do the same three moves over and over again because that is what, in Silverbro's mind, is what the audience wants to right. see from him as opposed to trying new things. Yeah, And that's kind of like I'm I'm at with Sting. Yeah, Sting comes out, does the Sting Splash Scorpion Death Drop in the lock. I'm like, yeah, great. Yeah, I had, I had a grand time with it. Mm. Fair enough. My other note I actually had about this match is that Dutch I find to be an incredible wrestler in that I don't think it's the same wrestler that makes the entrance that does the match. <laughs> the second that man takes off his sunglasses, he looks like a completely different person. Because yeah. coming down to the ring, he looks like John Goodman in The Big Lebowski. Yeah. And then he wrestles a match and looks nothing like John Goodman in The Big Lebowski. It's yeah. amazing what a pair of sunglasses will do. Oh, literally. Tell me, I mean, tell me about it. <laughs> 
Uh, but anyway, I thought that was a a good episode. I'd yeah. have given it a, a, a strong three out of five. Yeah, I I I I'm probably yeah three out of five feels generous. Feels yeah. about the right. It was thumbs up. I enjoyed yeah. myself. Uh, let's get into your ultra chats. But before we do that, let's Ooh. shout out some Patreon backers over on patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk. Um, go and head on over there because we've got some great stuff. Last week, me and myself and Dan did the mailbag episode. We did. This week, it'll be behind the scenes. Well, maybe we'll be talking about this new direction, this new thing we're doing with the wrestle talk news. Oh, Ooh. maybe we'll talk a little bit about that behind the scenes. Week after that will be after dark. And then the week after that will be myself and Oliver Davis reviewing survivor series 2014 for wrestle talk extra so head on over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle to get involved and if you're one of our 25 dollar and above patreon pledge hammers you get name right on this show like these fine folks always leaving the crowd wanting brian moore two lot to handle lottie mccullough manipulating manny umaria the needs of the manny cunish out the needs of the manny cunish outweigh the needs of the few very good thank how, you how'd you like them apples marcel jura have a glass of sherry martel jay simmons the real boss matt robinson M- max kurt wallander wallen Michael Mark for Life Plowman. This is some kind of Patreon shout out. Nate dropped surname. The Batsman, Nathan Bassey. The intriguing infrared, Neal Alfredo Vial. Ah, uh, thank you all so much. That is our whole hard class for the 13th of November 2023. But hey, if you're in the mood to click links, we'll be doing the rest of your ultra chats in just a moment. But why not get tickets for our Survivor Series party that we'll be hosting in two weeks' time? But don't just take it from me, take it from me. Do you have plans to watch Survivor Series? Well, why not come and watch WWE Survivor Series live and in person with the WrestleTalk team with over 100 other wrestling fans along with a live version of our Parts of Unknown board game series No Holds Board at the Long Arm Pub and Brewery in London. Not only will we be watching Survivor Series together, but we'll be doing our live reactions to the show from the pub, which means you will have the chance to be on camera and part of the WrestleTalk live experience this is the best way to watch wrestling pay-per-views and tickets are available right now get your tickets today and we'll see you there to be part of moments like this It is a wonderful fun time, so you can head up to the link in the video description down below or being put into the chat by our wonderful moderating crew to get your tickets to watch Survivor Series in person with us. Mm, it's always a fun time. Cannot wait. Uh, the Derbies of Derps here says, Hello, lads. Who else would you add to the tournament from outside of AEW? I think Vikingo would be so much fun. It's funny because Vikingo feels, I know he's not, but it feels like an AEW kind of yeah. guy. So, yeah, someone like that would be I th- fun. I think a Lucha, a Lucha lad yeah. would be really good. Because like, a few people have said, uh, you know, I saw someone earlier say uh, Bandido, but mm. like a Commander would be awesome in there. Bandido would be my pick, but like, man, Vikingo would be so good in this. I'd probably pull the Zach. As I always do. Yep. Uh, EJO says, G'day, EW. Why is it Golden Jets and not Jericho Omega? I think I've actually made this point on the on the podcast before. But Copy as, Golden. Well, as I was uh, informed, uh, the Jets are a Winnipeg sports team. 
Hockey, probably. I would imagine so. And they are both from Winnipeg. Right. And therefore, they are the, the Golden Jets. Golden obviously comes from uh, the, the Kenny side of things. And much to much to the chagrin of uh, JR, everything is golden. Why, yeah. why has everything got to be golden? Uh, and I'd say Kenny and the Jets was right there. Oh, lovely. But they decided not to go for yeah. that. Um, oh, you know, actually, very thank you, Urkato, for... Uh, con- correcting me i would say it said red velvet beat ruby soho on rampage so that's why red velvet has the match with sky blue yeah absolutely bang on the banana and i stand correct on that like the man in all the pedic shoes i stand corrected <laughs> very nice that's a jerry lawlerism um so yeah no that's a very good point made and kid cuddy here uh says uh, maybe i missed something on rampage or bte but i got questions that i need answers um they wrestle similar still so why isn't Andrade with roosh did they break up Yes, uh, ages ago, and that was on Dynamite, I believe. Um, wasn't Dalton Castle and the boys a heel team against the Acclaimed? Uh, no, that, was a, that was a mess of a segment. Yes, they were playing the antagonist in that section. Yeah. yeah. Why beat your new monster group? Because they're not the new monster group. Um, but most importantly, Edge said that Nick Wayne and Luchasaurus were going to turn on Christian, but why is Luchasaurus with Christian in the first place? Because he's the right hand of destruction, and he sees Christian as like, with Christian he was able to become the TNT champion mm. only thing I remember them saying is that he was uh, something about uh, Marco Stuncher in the Jungle Boy rivalry and there was that as well I uh, also feel like um, I do I do feel like bit, they did sort of pitch them as this really interesting new sort of trio and it was very much their coming out party with, after their alignment with Jane mm. the Snake this is the righteous I mean um, so having them lose was an interesting choice that's what I've done um they're, they're not your new monster heel act certainly yet no they are just they're a new faction yeah i wouldn't have beaten them in their their debut match either and lance archer lost last week as well but it's not like you know they've just debuted and they're taking out the world champion yeah right like right they, they are just they are a lower mid card group yeah um yeah so and like the andrade and rouge thing they have been addressing that on collision for the past few weeks now this idea like you know lexi keeps asking andrade about his relationship with mm. Rouge and the faction and being like, you know, what do you make of this? And he's like, look, it's none of your business. I will announce that when I am ready. Mm. So yeah, so they have been telling that story on TV. So um, yes, it is just you. But anyway, I think that's it. Uh, oh, and Eternal Blue has been a member for 28 months in a row. Just says, hi, Luke. Hi, Dan. That's it. And that's how we're going to end off this show. We're going to quickly end the poll um, with what you thought of this episode and 72% gave it a thumbs up with 20% thumbs in the middle, thumbs down, 7%. That sounds about right. Yeah, yeah I'd say that's a bit about high right. in the thumbs down for me. Uh, yeah, I, I usually on AEW streams, I think that's... that's no, I mean, for me, I feel like oh, that's... Oh, right, yeah. yeah. No, I think on, on AEW streams, I, I, I would expect that. I also saw someone there just say Mike Bailey to be part of the tournament. I would very much love that. Because mm. anything the speedball in is just is great. So yeah. that, that gets my seal of approval. But that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Thank you all so much for watching and or listening. Please do press the subscribe button if you've made it this far and it's your first time here. Hit the thumbs up button as well. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of the show. We'll back tomorrow with a stacked old episode of Raw. We've got a tag title match. It's Cody and Jay versus The mm-hmm. Judgment Day. Otis and Shinsuke. Otis and Shinsuke. We've got Champa and Kaiser, mm-hmm. I, I think, is also on the show. And uh, there was something else that was... Oh, uh, that's uh, Natty and Tegan going up against the tag, uh, tag, yes. tag champs. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, a stacked old show Indeed. for We'll be reviewing that tomorrow here on this channel. Till then, I've been Nico DAD. That has been the Professor of the Truth. Your Jam That Champion, Dan Layton. Jam That Jam.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.